Well, top fans, it's Thursday, and you know what that means. That means it's time for Jacksonville to do the weekly review. Jackson, you ready to go? You excited about I am. That? Yeah. I mean, come on. There's a lot we can talk about. What would you like to talk about first? I mean, there's a bunch of things going on as far as the the signings are going, so let's talk about it. Uh, you know what? I'll get rid of the elephant in the room, uh, Carlos Correa's contract. Because, you know, I kind of ranted last week. I'll rant again. Why are we handing out 13-year contracts? And what, what's ridiculous to me is Carlos Correa has never had a 30-home run campaign or a 100-RBI campaign. But he's getting paid like he's A-Rod or something. That That's my problem with the contract. I don't think it's a bad move for San Francisco. Like some people are like, oh, Carlos Correa is going to be horrible. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think it's it's a lot of money to throw at a guy who also has injury concerns. Um. And to me, he seems kind of like a – he kind of quit on the Twins last year as soon as they started falling off. So that those would be my concerns if I were San Francisco. But, you know, if you're them, you have to go out and make a splash. You have your young core coming up. A plus for San Francisco is he is very good in the postseason. I will give him that. Um, But, yeah, uh, another one of those long contracts. And, you know, there's been a lot of debate to whether or not, you know, they're just spreading out the money because – you know how the the luxury tax works for those of you that don't know it's based off average average dollars per year on players contracts so these teams with the 13 year contracts think they're being smart and cheeky by spreading it out a little bit more and getting some salary relief if you will but i mean i don't know not a fan personally me neither that one was bad um i mean i last yesterday i went and did a live and i'm like okay the, you know, Christmas came early for the Dodgers and Giants. One, Dodger fans don't have to worry about Carlos Correa. Two, Giants fans got their shortstop. But three, the Dodger fans can cheer public enemy number one. Like, they can cheer against him for the next 13 years. It's going to be awesome. I mean, so. yeah. I mean, bonus points to the Giants are just pissing off the Dodgers. And <laughs> probably the, be- the best way possible this offseason. I They'll rile a lot of them up, so you know. Awesome. I'll I'll give I'll give a, a plus for that. Exactly, exactly. Well, I um I'm gonna mention one that just kind of came out of nowhere, and it and it's I think it's more of a relatively where I would like to see contracts be. One year, eight million dollars. Adam Frazier to the Orioles. That's a good signing. Yeah, that is. I mean, the guy. The guy can hit. The guy can uh, play defense. One year, eight million. I mean, I th- that's not a bad scenario. I I think it's a good sighting because of this. Uh, with the shift being gone, Adam Frazier being a left-handed pole hitter, single slap hitter, if you will. You know, he kind of made his trade off of that. This is going to benefit him greatly because he's going to be able to do what he does best, which is just slap the ball through the infield. Yeah, and I think for a, a for a young Baltimore team. Having a guy who can, you know, teach your young players, you know, it's okay to sometimes just take the single, you know, get on base because you get on base, you score more often than not. Right. I think it's a good signing. Why not? Right. Why not? Why not? He can Why play not? everywhere too. Yeah. Yeah. At the, I, I liked that signing. I think that that was good. The Orioles are an up and coming team and you've got now a guy who's a, kind of a veteran guy that can kind of teach those younger kids, but 
also a guy that's not over the hill. He's not 38 years old, and a one-year deal is the best he can do. Yeah, I mean, like we outlined, like, I mean, his OPS might not be crazy high, but it's a fairly low, low risk contract. You know, you're only you only got him for one year. So yep. worst case worst case scenario, you play the young guys over him, which you're gonna probably play the young guys anyway. So exactly. So what you got next? Uh I mean, as a Braves fan, I feel like there's a need to, to comment on the Sean Murphy trade. Ah, uh, I was waiting for you to bring this up. This was a weird trade. <laughs> When I saw how many players were involved, I was like, what's going on here? But, you know, Milwaukee sends their sixth-ranked outfield prospect to Oakland. Oakland trades Sean Murphy. William Contreras goes to Milwaukee. And then the Braves sent some prospects to Milwaukee, which I thought was the weirdest part of the deal. And they sent some prospects to Oakland. Um, I think it's a good move for the Braves. Um, you know, there's this perception that Travis Darno is – he's a good catcher, but his one weakness, if he had a weakness, would be the run game. It's known that he can't control the run game very well. And with the rules changing, the the base is going to be three inches bigger. You can't throw over as many times as you want. So teams are going to be, have to be really strategic on who they throw over against how, and when you want to use your throwovers and kind of get in that mind game. So having a, a catcher who's as elite defensively as Sean Murphy, who's only behind JT Realmuto, and that's a good guy to be behind. I think it's going to help him. And, you know, he played in the Oakland Coliseum, which is basically playing baseball in the middle of nowhere. Yep. How far you have to hit the baseball to get a home run. I think his offense is going to, you know, go up a little bit. It does hurt losing the bat of William Contreras. He did have a lot of power. But I was talking with my dad, who some of you guys, some of you listeners know, Ned, who's been on the show a couple times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he only – he doesn't play – William Contreras doesn't play the greatest – a defense, especially when it comes to the run game, he's not great. Um, but he can mash baseballs. But he's not he didn't have a lot of RBIs for the team. So I don't think the team's losing out too much on offensive value. I do wish William Luck in Milwaukee. I think that's a great fit for him. Um, but I think the Braves came out really well from this trade without having, you know, the prospects they got rid of were kind of, you know, they call them quadruple A guys, guys that just kept bouncing back and forth. So it kind of clears some of the log jam in their their upper minor system to kind of get a look at and have more value on their 40-man roster. That's that's kind of the way I looked at it. I'm glad you brought that trade up because that trade to me, I it was like playing chess. Like I was playing checkers and they were playing chess. I was looking at it and I was going, how many players are moving and what? what? All right, okay, cool. Just tell me where they land. <laughs> so I'm glad you brought that one up. That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, I I forgot to mention. I'm sorry, Oakland fans. Um, yeah. You know, I'm I'm gonna write an article here real soon, and it may not be popular, but I'm gonna it'll probably go up in the locker room this next week. Um, and it's and I'm gonna mention teams like Oakland. I'm gonna mention teams like like Pittsburgh, Kansas City, teams that haven't done anything in the off season that seem like they're okay with being second to last or last place in their division. I mean, make some moves, spend some money, you know, do something, right? Yeah. All right. You know what my second one is? Is I'm going to be a Dodger homer. I love the um, Noah Zinnergaard sign. Uh, I like it. One year, $13 million. Uh, It's a little much, but he gets $20 million based on incentives. 
So the Dodgers basically said, dude, you want to prove yourself? Come play with us, prove yourself, and then we'll talk about bigger and better deals. Um, same thing, like I said, at the beginning of the season with the Angels. If this guy shows up as Thor, we got to steal the deal. If this guy shows up as Noah, eh, we got a fifth or a sixth starter. So I actually like this because it's incentive-laced and it's something where he has to prove himself. So I'm I'm okay with it. Totally okay with it. I I'm gonna be in opposition to you. And okay, being, go ahead. The, being the stats guy. One thing mm-hmm. I don't like about Syndergaard, and he had this problem even when he was good, is the high whip. The whip yes. at one point two is a little concerning. Especially with he's he's not known for holding runners on, not having a good pickoff move, with runners kind of being let loose this season and the shift being gone. So no, having a good the Dodgers have a good defense, so losing the advantage of having a great defense behind you. This might come back to bite them a little bit, you know. Leaving putting runners on for free. I think this next year is going to be kind of the the theme is how how badly do you get punished for walking batters mm-hmm. at the major league level now. So I'd be a little bit worried about that. Uh, Dodgers pitching coaches tend to help guys help cut down the walk the walk rate, but you know, we'll see. It's mm-hmm. but it's probably the most alarming thing for him, you know, in the fifty four and two thirds innings with the Phillies last year, he had a one point three whip. Yeah, no, very, I very, again, very if he shows up as Noah, this is thirteen million dollars wasted. If he shows up as Thor, we got to steal a video. Yeah, I mean, and then obviously the injury concerns. You know, the Dodgers don't need another guy that only throws a hundred innings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we. You know, we, as it is right now, we're not sure how Dustin May is going to come back. We know that Kershaw will be on the DL at some point or at the IL some point this year, right? And then in addition to Kershaw and that Walker Buehler is already out until at least August, maybe September. Gonsolin might miss some time. Julio Arias isn't known for going super deep in games. Maybe he takes a step forward, maybe he doesn't. So that's an interesting thing for the Dodgers this year, certainly. Yeah, let's kids play though. I mean, we got a bunch of yeah. uh, young guys, right? So, and we're known for our farm system. All right, what you got for number three? Number three, you know, I, I was just thinking about, you know, all the long deals, mm-hmm. and I kind of ranted last week about Dansby Swanson. I'm gonna rant a little bit about it again. That, um, you know, sometimes maybe I should write an article, Bill. I, I might, but um, I just wanted to talk about how sometimes as fans of the game, we hyper fixate on players that we like, maybe because they're relatable, maybe because, you know, they came up through the farm system, your team developed them, yada, yada, yada. But I think just the way social media, I don't know if you've ever been on the brave social media before. It's, it, it's a roller coaster of emotions, you know? Going back to the Sean Murphy trade, a lot of people were upset that William Contreras left, even though, in my opinion, it made the team better. And a lot of the gripe now comes from maybe losing Dansby Swanson. Mm-hmm. Although Von Grissom is receiving rave reviews from uh, esteemed coach Ron Washington, so that's that's a good sign. But I think people need to remember, at the end of the day, the players are going to chase the money, and we shouldn't blame them. You know, 
as a fan, sometimes, you know, I, my wife tells me, it's like, you shouldn't get mad at players for doing what's best for their family and best for themselves. Yeah. And this off season kind of showed it, you know, if your dance be Swanson in Atlanta only values you at 20 million and someone's going to offer you $24 million. Obviously you're going to take it. So I think a lot of it goes to with teams spending this much though, with how, you know, they, I mentioned earlier, dodging the luxury tax. And then there's, a lack of interest from lower end teams that ca- kind of causes this competitive market to balance out has kind of made an interesting dynamic for this upcoming season of baseball. I think it's going to be even worse this year. I think we might see more a hundred game winners this next season and more a hundred game losers this next season. Yeah. You can, you can quote me on that one and uh, yeah, welcome to Las Welcome to Las Vegas athletics. I'll, I'll close you, with that. There you go. The, the last trade I'm going to mention, I've got one or two honorable mentions, but the last trade I'm going to mention, not trade, but contract I'm going to mention, is talk about getting paid for loyalty. Enter Brandon Nemo. <laughs> he got paid an awful lot of money, stats guy, for being just above average. Just yeah. above average. You know, what do you get paid? $168 million for eight years or something like that? Yeah, I mean... I didn't want to, you know, I wasn't going to rag on the Mets this evening, but now, now you got me going. There you go. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, he had 130 OPS plus this last season. That's his career OPS plus. But Bill, what are we, what are we, what's the best ability in baseball, especially? Best ability? Yeah, the best tool. You could have five tools, but what's your best ability? Making contact, I guess, if you're a hitter. It, it, it's availability. Oh, available. You know, yeah. Nimo isn't known for, you know, playing too many games. No. Just like Carlos Correa, I will throw him under the bus for being injury prone. So beep, if beep. you're the Mets. That's the bus. Yep. <laughs> so you, you brought it up, but, you know, in a world where, you know, one injury can take derail half your season in baseball, these long mm-hmm. contracts are kind of scary. An injury can derail several years in baseball. Mm-hmm. So these long contracts are also scary on that end. I mean, I guess the honorable mention I'll I'll leak into the Mets are spending four hundred million dollars next year. Well, sixty-seven or eighty-seven million dollars on three players, right? Yeah, I mean, to me, it, it's it's getting a little ridiculous. I understand the term "all in," but you got to take a step back and realize, you know, how much more value are you getting out of your players, right? For that price, do you have any honorable mentions as we're wrapping up? Uh, I mean. Kodai Senga to New York to the Mets. Uh, I th- I think they got him on the, the cheaper side, seventy five million dollars. They projected him to be as good as a uh, Masahiro Tanaka when he came over and played for the Yankees. So I mean that's a, if he pitches like Tanaka, then that's a good signing. Mm-hmm. But it it, re- it remains to be seen. Yeah, the um the one or two honorable mentions that I have, I think it's interesting that in the Betts trade. The Dodgers got rid of one of their best prospects in the system, which was Jeter Downs. And guess what happened to Jeter Downs today? What? Designated for assignment by the Sox. Wow. I didn't didn't see that one. Me neither. Me neither. I didn't see that one coming. (laughs) But when I just read about it, I was like, oh, what do you guys got in your system that you're designating, you know, Jeter for assignment? Because he's a great player. So, I mean, that's... That's one of those interesting ones. And then you also have a number of 
contracts that are still available, number of people that are still available. I honestly think, I know you're going to hate this, Jackson. I honestly think you're going to hear, um, it's time for Dodger baseball and batting fifth, playing shortstop, Dansby Swanson. Freddie's recruiting him hard, hard. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. And I made a note on the luxury tax. I heard the Dodgers are trying to reset under it. And the, mm-hmm. the question is, can they get Swanson and stay under the luxury tax? Well, that's why you guys are trying to move next free. Right. Yeah. I mean, I read an article, two articles okay. this week that said, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I'm pressing your buttons up. Th- th- those are the dumbest articles I ever read. Who trades the second best pitcher in the National League, arguably, yeah, just over over money. You're gonna have to pay a, a top tier pitcher eventually. Mm-hmm. I mean, Morton's off the books next year. I think the whole idea is they're clearing salary space to pay Max Freed. I would rather think so pay, too. They'd rather pay Max Freed the twenty odd million dollars than Dansby Swanson, which one, as a Braves as a Braves fan, I agree with. The one that cracks me up the most, I'm not going to lie to you, the one that cracks me up the most, and I've read three different articles on it, and it's quoted three different, the same similar sources, is it looks like the Padres, after signing Bogey, are looking to move Tatis, and it looks like he's coming over to the Bronx. Um, Bronx will pay him. That's another one where I don't, the Bronx will pay him, but do you trade him at his lowest trade value? Or do you wait for him to come back and, you know, kind of take off and then move him at the deadline? It depends because here's the thing about the Padres. Here's the last thing I'll mention Padres. So next year is going to, this is an all in season for them. If they're no, if they don't get a ring this season, you have to wonder, does Machado opt out? Cause he can opt out next season. Do you get Juan Soto back, which that's a maybe at best. Right. And if you've moved Tatis, then what do you got left? I mean, I read those same articles, so I know them moving Tatis is some, there's some murmuring that they might want to re-sign Juan Soto with that money. Let's hope so. But uh, does he want to stay? I mean, that, does Juan that's Soto the question. Want to stay? <laughs> I mean, what happens if Juan Soto gets offered just as much to play in the National League or the American League East where he's going to get more publicity? Than in the in the National League West because you and I both know that the Yankees could be oh and one hundred and sixty one, and the Red Sox could be one in one hundred and sixty. And the very last game of the season, the Sunday night baseball game, is the Red Sox versus the Yankees. Doesn't even I like you're going to get that publicity. So that is, that is true, and I think that hi- that highlights a a bigger problem throughout sports and why. Big market and small markets exist, mm-hmm. even though the cities are of comparable size. But that, that's for another podcast. That's for another one. We'll do that one later. All right, <laughs> Jackson, I want to thank you for being on again. Uh, top Fan Rivalry followers, we love this, and we love the fact that you listen to these. We get a lot. I get a lot of feedback on these. So, Jackson, this has been awesome, and let's do it again next week. Yeah, sounds good. Hopefully there's more movement next week. They've been slowly keeping the train rolling for us. So, Exactly, exactly. All right, have a good one, Jackson. You too.